0: Monday. It's May 4th. And
1: the word of the day is pompoir, which means using the internal muscles of the vagina to stimulate one or more penises therein. Very thorough definition. <laughs> a sentence If pompoir didn't exist, I'm pretty sure we'd still be able to finish, but I probably
0: wouldn't notice. If vaginas didn't exist, we'd still be able to finish. I, I've been married for 18 years, I can finish during this intro without using my hands. Now there is an intro. I'm so no illusions. Up, I'm Heath Enright, and broadcasting delay from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On episode 14, a Dutch designer will bring necrophilia into the 21st century. The Illuminati World Takeover gets foiled again
1: when they underestimate Bastrop, Texas. Budweiser will rethink its new roofie-flavored label. And science wasn't really getting us anywhere, so Congress decided to start shutting that stuff down.
0: Like a legitimate rape. But first, some filthy week-old briefs. Whites. Last week was a busy one for the Supreme Court watchers, as the SCOTUS heard arguments on two highly contentious issues. The first, of course, had to do with the inexplicably disputed humanhood of gays. It did. And the second looks at the legality of certain
1: lethal punishments, to which citizens of Baltimore responded... Yeah, okay, well, maybe if
0: it comes post-trial, that would be okay. We did go there. Hillary finally got some company in the Democratic primary, self-described socialist, and senator voted most likely to build a time machine out of a DeLorean Bernie Sanders threw his hat in the ring this week. Yeah, he did. Though, considering his signature unkempt head mop, he maybe should have left the hat on if he wanted people to take him seriously as a presidential candidate.
1: But don't worry, they weren't going to. No. Sanders notoriously sides with 79% of Americans on campaign finance reform. 76% of Americans on minimum wage, 83% on Wall Street reform, and 77% on curbing excessive CEO compensation. So, he's unelectable. Obviously.
0: In health news, the Americas became the first World Health Organization region to be declared entirely free of rubella, though Jenny McCarthy (laughs) and friends consider this more of a setback than a defeat. (laughs) In
1: international news, voters in Kazakhstan took to the polls to re-elect four-decade incumbent Nursultan Nazarbayev, who won with 97.7% of the vote. Oh. So, that sounds legit. Yeah, She'll be calling Sudanese President Omar al-Bashir, talking trash. What happened there, Omar? You only got 94.4% of the vote. I got almost 98. It was more of a mandate for me. It's going <laughs> no
0: I'm sure you'll be fine. In Nigeria, horribly depressing shit continues to happen regularly. Yes, it does. In Indonesia, they ensured that
1: Muslim apologists could continue to point to the nation's low violent crime rate as proof that Muslims are non-violent last week. They helped to cement that reputation by murdering eight nonviolent drug smugglers quick before they could graduate to violent crime. Uh So good job, guys. Way to preemptively
0: murder the violence right out of your country, Indonesia. (laughs) Fantastic Yes, There are, of course, plenty more headlines to come. But before we probe any deeper into these briefs, we'll make room for the Duo Tribe. As we said last Tuesday, the Supreme Court heard over two and a half hours of oral arguments on the legality of gay marriage, marking the least fun two and a half hour event to ever contain the words gay and oral. (laughs) And honestly, we're
1: still kind of surprised it took so long. As far as we knew... Fred Phelps had the entire argument against gay marriage
0: all summed up in three words. Shouldn't be well, too tough right, to get through that. right, and that's basically the rub on this one, because in order to make this whole thing work in front of the SCOTUS, a team of lawyers had to pretend that there were secular arguments <laughs> against marriage equality. <laughs> they, they tried. Apparently, Dios Oded Fagus is, is not a <laughs> recognized legal term. And that's already a
1: pretty hard argument to make, so... Probably didn't help when a Christian lunatic burst into the court chamber and screamed about how the sodomites were going to send us all to hell. Yes. That made it a little bit worse.
0: (laughs) That kind of underscored it a bit. But now, of course, on this show, we're all about looking at both sides, even if sometimes we're just looking at one side to point and laugh at it. So we figured we'd spend a few minutes tonight breaking down all the secular arguments we could dig up against gay marriage. (laughs) Right. And keep in mind, these include arguments that were offered to the Supreme Court justices
1: By the Supreme Court justices in some cases. Mm -hmm. Plus, a few from the, you know, various talking
0: heads that are already lamenting the June decision that's definitely not going to work out for them. I don't think it is. Now, we're going to start with a patently absurd assertion that actually forms the backbone of the oral arguments that they actually heard, which is the vested interest the state has in promoting fertile unions. In other words, marriage is about making kids, and gay people don't make kids, so the state shouldn't recognize or encourage gay unions. Okay, so there's so many problems with this one. I'm going to start out by pointing out that gay
1: people probably aren't going to start fucking the opposite sex and creating children because the state won't let them will their estate to their partner. Right, Coercion thing's probably not going to work. But regardless, the ability to have kids doesn't factor into the state's recognition of, heterosexual marriage, so what fuck are we even talking
0: about? Exactly. My wife and I can't have kids. They let us get married. We let old people get married. We let people continue to be married post-vasectomy or whatever. But also, can we really make the argument there aren't enough people around? Is that really (laughs) a big problem? Not enough people? Well, and not only that, but one of the main reasons so many gay couples are fighting so hard for the marriage thing is because of their children. You know, we have plenty of parentless kids in the world, so it seems to me that the much stronger argument can be made that the state has a vested interest in creating stable parenting pairs that don't produce their own kids. And believe it or not, that's
1: probably their best argument you just heard, or at least that's what the lawyers arguing their case seem to think. Yeah. So it's all going to go downhill from here. Right. Next up, we have an argument from none other than Justice Scalia. I told you it would be going downhill. And it goes like this. The word marriage has meant the same thing for thousands of years, so who are we to change it now? You know, Consider the rights of the dictionary. Right.
0: Now, I, on them for? I'd like to think that that choice of thousands of years was kind <laughs> of an interesting way to try to ram the Bible back into this, but what I love about this one is that even if it was true, which it isn't, Definitely not. it would still be meaningless. <laughs> right, because that's, you know,
1: what courts do. They By decide stuff like this. I mean, legal campaign donation meant the same thing for a really long time over right. here. But that didn't stop them from fucking the shit up with Citizens United. And mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure person had a long-standing right. definition, too, if I remember correctly.
0: Where was Scalia and his judicial restraint on that one? Right, but Nowhere. also... In what fucking way has marriage been a static institution for thousands of years? <laughs> yes, and not even for dozens of years. Fifty years ago, it didn't include interracial unions in this country. A uh, hundred years ago, it was essentially the transfer of ownership from a father to a husband. hundred years before that, it technically included polygamy. Two thousand years ago, it was slavery with benefits. Right, so over oh two so far but it
1: still gets worse believe it's like it or not Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. <laughs> bad so the next argument is so bad they actually named an entire logical fallacy after it the slippery slope argument it goes something like this well if we start letting gay people get married uh, what's to stop men from marrying goats i can't so, imagine. Now, what, what, what
0: would do that? Let's just set aside the inability of these assholes to see the difference between consensual gay sex and goat rape. Okay, I guess we're going to set that e- aside. But okay. even, Well, just for a second <laughs> right. here. But even if there was like this large contingent of pro-bestiality marriage proponents out on the streets, we, that would still be a completely separate issue that could and would be independently <laughs> right. adjudicated. We can also decide on that if we want. Right. And just to make it
1: extra simple for everybody – One big difference is humans and goats are different things. Yes. (laughs) Big point. I think that's a big point. Also, rape and consent are like – they're like almost opposites. Right. I mean, goats can't say, I do, nor can – Bridges or houses or rocks, all the stuff you don't want people marrying and fucking because that would be crazy. This gets covered by existing
0: separate laws, <laughs> right? or could be. Now, granted, that one was coming more from the Fox News fear mongers than the actual litigants in this case. But there was one argument, even dumber than that, that was offered during the trial, and it was offered by the Chief Justice himself. Basically... <sighs> John Roberts' argument goes like this. Well, right now, there's all this momentum towards gay equality, but if we make them equal, that momentum will stop.
1: Um, yes, John Roberts. Uh, if gay people get equality, they'll probably stop asking for equality so much. It's an excellent faster, point. Yeah, I guess. Can't argue with him there. So, as you might have guessed, we've already descended into the really stupid part, so let's keep that ball rolling with an argument offered by Iowa Republican Party official Tamara Scott, who thinks the chief opponents of marriage equality should be the feminists. Yes, this one is just
0: spectacular in its insanity. If I'm understanding her correctly, with apologies for prefacing this statement with references to understanding and correctly, her argument is that gay marriage will create gender inequality because an unequal number of each gender would be married. (laughs) Okay,
1: so, so first of all, Uh, she doesn't seem to know that there are two entire genders of gay people. No. Uh, somehow that one (laughs) slipped by her. But beyond that, what the fuck could she possibly be talking about? Right. How does the number of, of... Married penises and the number of married vaginas factor into gender equality.
0: Oh, what would that don't worry about? do it? No, she's not the only right-wing nut with an ironclad secular argument against equal rights here. No, Robert Oscar not. Lopez, himself openly bisexual, penned a piece for The American Thinker where he looked at the hidden costs of gay marriage. Specifically, oh, the, secret. the reparations the government will eventually have to pay to the children raised by gay married couples.
1: Oh, the happier, healthier... Better people that gay couples are raising on average? Yes. The reparations to those people? Yes. Uh, i got to be kidding. So I guess what I'm saying, the problem with the, the reparations argument is fuck Robert Oscar Lopez in the eye with a spoon. I think that's the <laughs> yeah. main problem. I believe that's all the
0: time, his argument
1: merits. So Pretty were there much. any other
0: secular counterpoints to marriage equality? Do we have any? Uh, anything see. else? Um, I, well, uh, Rick Wiles says that if we legalize gay marriage, God will destroy us with a secular fireball. Uh, I don't think it counts. No, it doesn't doesn't count. Then no. (laughs) All right. Well, can't see how it's going to take the
1: justices a couple months to sort through this one, but I am looking forward to revisiting the topic when Scalia writes the minority opinion and is all pissed about. Right. Or wins me a season of Celebrity Death Pool. Whichever comes first. Which I (laughs) really really couldn't care less. (laughs) Joining me for headlines tonight is fellow skeptic rat. No illusions. Noah, did absence indeed make the heart grow fonder?
0: Well, I had a number of drug-induced palpitations over the weekend, if that's what you mean.
1: <laughs> yes, the withdrawal. That, that yeah, is what exactly. I mean. So, before we get to our first headline, let's check in with Twitter and blur the line between brevity and laziness, like they do. Trending this week was hashtag five-word film
0: plots. Would you like to play or pass? Hmm. Uh, maybe... Michael Bay rapes my childhood. That would that would Two? work for several films, I think. Three? At least, yeah, I at least three. <laughs> All
1: right. What about uh, Morgan Freeman explains very slowly? <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> and this week's random stranger winner was at Doctor Houdat, who went with pizza arrived. Girl can't pay.
0: <laughs>
1: so. Not very specific, also quite vague, but well played. At Dr. Who Dat, nonetheless. You
0: know, though, people always complain that they get military shit wrong in movies or police procedure or the science or whatever, but I'd submit that no profession is more improperly characterized in film than pizza delivery guy. (laughs) And also, by the way, bartenders aren't King Solomon.
1: We're not. We don't have... Magical answers for you.
0: In our lead story tonight, NASA would like to not destroy the Earth, please. Responding <laughs> to a congressional proposal that would cut more than $300 million from that agency's budget, specifically from the division that focuses on climate science, Weird. NASA Administrator Charles Bolden said that the bill would, quote, threaten to set back generations' worth of progress and better understanding of our changing climate, end quote, as though that wasn't the <laughs> point. Yeah, and the private sector
1: market solution... For environmental science is, uh, don't ever do environmental science. Right, exactly. So, looks like whoever's running Congress right now decided to to go with the do absolutely nothing solution. They like that Uh, one. Yeah, basically we just cut the red wire and, you know, the countdown started going really fast. So, we decided to check what zero means before we
0: do anything rash, like, you know, continuing to examine the bomb. Exactly. Now, in addition to fucking our ability to track climate change, Bolden warns that this bill would also diminish our ability to prepare for earthquakes, droughts, and other natural disasters. And because some people aren't motivated by things like dying in earthquakes, droughts, and natural disasters, (laughs) he also added that it might cut into our eternally eventual trip to Mars. So there's also that.
1: So I guess they think we've been overspending on knowledge when does the marginal value of knowing stuff start decreasing too fast for the- how-, how did they decide on 300 million is what about right
0: well, now, the political corporate subsidiary most directly responsible for this uh, is uh, Lamar Smith, who chairs the House's Science, Space and Technology Committee and is no stranger to criticism from people who think a lot. When he's not trying to nose fuck net neutrality, he spends his days chastising the media for overreporting the fringe theories of worldwide big science conspiracies <laughs> to trick us into thinking the climate matters in a nefarious effort to make us breathe less delicious coal ash. And in
1: Wall Martial Law News tonight. The US military is not not planning a hostile takeover of Texas, Utah, and California. Again. At least not anymore. They got <laughs> caught right. Here's what they are doing. The Pentagon recently announced this summer's upcoming training exercises called Operation Jade Helm 15, which will involve simulated military scenarios in remote areas of the Southwest, including those three states. Basically, it's a big scrimmage in the desert between different groups of Special Ops forces that, you know, might need to do real stuff in a different desert sometime soon. Maybe. Can't imagine where that would be. Well, it turns out the most profitable way to report this story involves making wild allegations of a conspiracy to carry out a domestic assault. So... That's what
0: happened. Yeah, I, the arrogance of this shit just amazes me. I'm sorry, but if the government decided to occupy the country and implement martial law, the conspiracy theorists in Texas aren't going to merit four different special ops teams. <laughs> teams. Right, give me a fucking break. When they mobilize the National Guard Reserves and send them to fucking eastern Texas, maybe then you've got something to worry about. <laughs> and why would it be rural Texas? Yeah, we have right.
1: no interest in it. So... I guess the military, they sent out a map with the details of the exercise to local government officials explaining which areas be affected. And the map had color coding that identified Utah and Texas as, quote, hostile territory and Southern California as a, quote, insurgent pocket. Now, just to be clear, there are no actual rebel insurgents that have captured California or any part of (laughs) the United States properly. Nonetheless... When the map got posted online, several conspiracy outlets decided to report that the publicly announced training exercise is instead a double bluff perfect cover, I guess, for declaring martial law and taking over three states we already own. So, <laughs> right. yeah. And this theory often involved mass arrests, enormous FEMA detention camps, and of course, full coordination with Walmart and ancient aliens.
0: And for the record, by the way, they actually implicate Walmart. Yes. We, that's not like a made-up thing just to make them sound stupid, or a bunch of Illuminati nuts are pointing to the mysterious Walmart closures in the affected area. And by mysterious, they mean in no way atypical. <laughs> <laughs> But apparently the fact that some but not all of the Walmarts that are closing down are in the 31% of the country covered by this exercise, that was enough to wrinkle their tinfoil a bit. So so (laughs) Freaking the fuck out.
1: In response to all this, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has insisted on having state law enforcement oversee the operations and, you know, make sure these soldiers don't arrest thousands of people without anyone knowing. (laughs) And honestly... That sounds suspicious to me, because that's exactly what Governor Abbott would say if he and the Texas police were in on it. Too. That's <laughs> right. exactly well, what they would if, say.
0: And if we were in on it, this is what we would say. Think I mean, about it. Like, like, honestly, why else would the U.S. run military maneuvers in a desert region of the country approximately the size of Iran? Weird. Makes no sense. No idea why that would happen. And in watermelon news tonight. The dyslexia-inducing
1: restaurant chain Chipotle announced last week they've removed all GMO products from their menu. Mm -hmm. Despite decades of evidence and overwhelming scientific consensus that genetically modified foods are safe, American consumers are still wary of such ingredients to a large enough extent that an expensive move like this by Chipotle is actually likely to be profitable. That's why they're doing it. Also, by the way... They're still not really GMO free because you know that's almost physically impossible. But mostly, they're well, mostly. GMOs. I, so patrons should mostly not get cancer.
0: Well, right. I mean, but it is like shit. I mean until you until your diet entirely consists of cyanobacteria from the hydrothermal vents of the Precambrian, <laughs> you're eating GMOs. What you can do about it? But even if we redefine that acronym to. To mean what those idiots think it means, it's still almost physically impossible for Chipotle to entirely remove this shit from their menu since GMOs aren't labeled and it's impossible to distinguish them from non-GMO forms, even with DNA testing. Almost like they're identical. Yes. So good luck with your hollow bullshit paranoia fetish marketing (laughs) campaign, you asshats. So according to Chipotle's website, quote, cultivation of
1: GMOs can damage the environment. Which is, you know, completely useless, misleading information. Cultivation of anything could potentially damage the environment. That's great. But the entire purpose of GM crops is to grow more efficiently on less land and require less pesticides and herbicides and bad chemicals and stuff. And Chipotle just increased the demand for cultivation of inferior plant types that are clearly worse for the environment. Inferior crops also cost more and feed less people, just in case that wasn't clear.
0: Yeah, right. It's like eating organic, except worse. (laughs) Right.
1: Now, one other argument you'll often hear from GMO critics, Chipotle included, will involve accusations of, you know, unethical business tactics by corporations like Monsanto that create and sell genetically modified seeds. And, okay, that might be a valid thing to consider, maybe. You know, not every corporation is, is a nice person, I get that. But... That's a separate issue entirely. Monsanto can be evil, and GMO crops can still be good. It's well, a really
0: simple Venn diagram. And two, it's also worth pointing now that most of the really egregious shit you've heard about Monsanto is bullshit. You know, I mean, I'm not saying they're not evil; they may very well be. But when the people trying to vilify them have to resort to making shit up, that probably means they couldn't do the trick by sticking with the real stuff. Right. So, with more on this story, we turn to roving reporter Lucinda
1: Lusions, who is live at Chipotle HQ to find out what other useless measures they're taking to ensure a safe menu. Lucinda, are things looking fast, casual, and tumorless, as you might expect?
2: Well, Heath, this is just the start of a massive campaign to keep uninformed, fear-mongering, anti-scientific customers happy. The execs at Chipotle have decided that a socially responsible stance on the most life-saving scientific advancement of all time has to take a backseat to short-term profitability.
1: All right. I guess I'm not that surprised. So uh, what else do they have in mind?
2: Well, they followed Subway's example by removing all products from their bread that can also be used in yoga mat manufacture.
1: <laughs> so they're also demonizing azodicarbonamide, even though it hasn't been linked to one single negative health outcome? Not at all?
2: They've gone farther than that, Heath. They've also taken out the oxygen and CO2 since they're also used in the manufacture of yoga mats. thorough. They've also taken out all the mass because, you know, (laughs) yoga mats also have mass. So no more bread at all? It makes it a lot easier to cut out the gluten from the menu, I guess. I see. Are they taking any other
1: grossly ill-advised steps like those?
2: Well, for the safety of their patrons, they'll now require that all customers sign a waiver promising not to swim for 30 minutes after they've eaten prior to uh, their service there.
1: But they do realize that the whole
2: cramping after you eat thing is a myth, right? Really? They're doing that? Or less, they'll freely admit that there's no reason to believe it's true based on our current understanding of biology, digestion, and fluid dynamics. Uh, but that doesn't mean it can't be true. So it just seems it's kinda, still an open question.
1: does. I don't know. I don't think that's what that means. I think I'm pretty <laughs> sure they have that wrong. That's what it means to Paul Gotcha. Any other changes on the way?
2: Well, this is a more of a long-term thing, but they'll be adding an emergency swallowed gum walk-in clinic in every location by 2018. (laughs) I see.
1: Undigestible. Yeah.
2: They're also phasing out fluoridated water, vegetables picked by angry people, and (laughs) vaccinated employees. Well, that's absolutely terrifying. Terrifying, sure, but profitable.
1: Okay, but do you think any of these new moves might backfire on them? I could see this going wrong.
2: Well, the new geocentric operating hours are bound to confuse some people, but in the end, I'm sure it'll all be worth it. (laughs) Gotcha. Thank you, Lucinda. Quite welcome, Heath. And in Ashes to Asses
0: news tonight, if there's any group of people you can trust to look at the ashes of their deceased loved ones and wonder how to fuck them, that would be the Dutch. No,
1: this one's not as depressing. This one's just Enter, weird
0: and funny. Yeah, right, exactly. Enter dutch designer Mark Sterkenboom, who tried to take attention away from how cartoony his surname sounds by introducing the world to the urn dildo. <laughs> the dildo urn. For bereaved squirters that prefer to splatter the ashes. (laughs) Right. Great invention. Proving that even a proposition like fucking your grandmother can be more horrifying with a little ingenuity, Sterkenboom is including his dildo of the dead in a care package that includes additional items, like a perfume diffuser that he claims can smell like your dead loved one. He claims that the idea of ramming a dead person into your orifice of choice came to him when he was helping an elderly neighbor carry in her groceries. Quote... Naturally. She always speaks with so much love about her late husband, but the jar he was in didn't reflect that at all, end quote. So (laughs) fill in your own blanks on what he talks to his elderly neighbors about.
1: Here's that last bag of groceries I was carrying for you. Speaking of which, speaking of which, that urn doesn't fit in your vagina very well, does
0: it? (laughs) Does it? Since we were well, talking thinking, about
1: that. Check
0: out this blueprint. Now, Stergen Boom tries to walk back the sheer insanity of this project by de-emphasizing the penetration aspect. In fact, he'd prefer that terms like dildo and sex toy not be used in headlines. According to a story headline, designer dildo <laughs> contains loved one's ashes, explaining that it's meant more as a metaphor. Um, I can't imagine what a dildo <laughs> filled with dead person is a metaphor for, but then again, I'm not Dutch. I think so. that
1: word means what he thinks it means. Right. And in Donald D. Raper news tonight, Bud Light's advertising team decided to roll the dice and try out the industry's first and last date rapey beverage slogan. Probably. As you might imagine, it didn't go very well <laughs> as part of their recent... Up for whatever campaign, they printed the following phrase on thousands of beer labels. Quote, the perfect beer for removing no from your vocabulary for the night. End quote. So Oops. needless to say, this did not help distance the beverage from its canned
0: consent image problem. Well, but I mean, even if we grant the benefit of the doubt and assume they Didn't mean date rape. How is being unable to respond in the negative a good thing? You want to take this outside? Have you been drinking tonight? Were you about to fuck that puppy? Do you want a Bud Light? Those are just a few of the many times where the ability to to say no comes in quite handy.
1: Personal. So many different times that would be useful. So someone posted an image of the new slogan on Reddit, and after huge amounts of very justified backlash, I'd say, Bud Light VP Alexander Lambrecht released an apology statement. He explained, quote, we created more than 140 different scroll messages intended to encourage spontaneous fun. It's clear that this message missed the mark, end quote. A little bit of an understatement. So it's nice that they now realize the giant error in judgment, I guess, but this also means they had a meeting during which they kicked around a bunch of ideas Mm -hmm. and the Don't say no slogan was one of the winners, the winners of that kicking around ideas part. Bud Light thinks there's a Goldilocks zone for rapey ad campaigns. And the one about always saying (laughs) yes to, you know, bypass the rape problem. That was just right. Yeah. Can't. Imagine what slogans didn't make their top 140.
0: But we could think of someone who possibly did. So we uh, <laughs> set up one unpaid staffer. We put our team of a single disgraced, consent-impaired, onomatopoeia- and tongues based comedian <laughs> to the task of coming up with our fa- top five rejected rapey beer slogans. Yes, we did. Zoop! At number five. Zop!
1: Number five. <laughs> it's written in like that. <laughs> Bud Light. The perfect pairing to wash down that Kobe burger. Or Roethlisberger. Uh, mm-hmm. Any kind of burger.
0: It gives new meaning to the term pocket rape passer, I think. <laughs> Did you say pocket
2: nice. oh, think.
1: At, at number four, Hoa Guardian White Ale,
0: Belgium's rapier wit beer. <laughs> See, who says rape jokes can't be highbrow? That was a highbrow <laughs> rape joke. White ale. At number three, double fisting two in the can is worth four in the bush beer. Oh now see I'd rather get anally fist raped than drink bush, so that one might actually work. They they might use that one. <laughs> at number two, Bud Isis Sunni Delight Beer. Non alcoholic,
1: because consent of a woman is redundant, let's oh, be honest. Wow.
0: <laughs> what would the alcohol do? Yeah, no, right, yeah. Really Under no Sharia law, there. date rape is called marriage. <laughs>
1: so, same <laughs> thing. And at number one, Bud Light. There's no better way to get some pills in her. Damn, Pilsner. dude, It's just it's been staring us in the face this whole time. <laughs> Pilsener. Bud Light, Plop, Fizz, Pilsener. Exactly. Excellent. And that's going to do it for episode 14 very quickly. Thanks to No Illusions for always dropping the knowledge like it's hot. Thanks to his lovely wife, Lucinda, for checking in on Chipotle's new element and compound-free menu. And thanks to all the listeners that liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various Internet's please keep doing that please keep listening and please keep telling your friends and if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat just like frank steven paul john tor bobby and george who can pat their head and rub their belly simultaneously with no hands think about it for a second it's pretty impressive and whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more unsolicited dick jokes free of charge, check out our podcast award-winning sister show, The Skating Atheist, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or directly from skatingatheist.com. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to the accidental waiting to happen, Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check them out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next week, catchphrase sign-off.
0: It's... I
1: had a little trouble saying it's... Fucked up <laughs> on it. It's. I got through
0: it. I feel like I got through Yeah, it. right. No, like, no. The, the that apostrophe one, nailed, fucked with me. You nailed the first two letters. You guys heard of me say strep, it though. That Damn it! <laughs> it's not a good sign.